Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, we looked at this this uh, idea from different angles and different perspectives, right? Um, there's different, you know, as the, the saying goes, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Um, this is bigger than, as Cole just uh, said, this is bigger than, than money. You know, he's, um, he's a, a young man of integrity, uh, humility, <clears throat> and gratitude, right? Uh, the biggest thing for him, he wants to be a, a really good major league player. Um, you know, the, the money, you know, if, if Colt reaches his potential um, and becomes a player that we all feel like he can, he can become, he's going to make a lot of money playing baseball, right? Um, this deal, um, I think for him, gives him uh, financial, financial security and makes him comfortable, confident, where he, he can go into start, start his major league career um, with a more selfless approach. Um, he wants to win, <clears throat> make it about the team, not necessarily start his career focusing on, hey, uh, personal achievements and statistics. Um, and I think this aligns with um, the type of person that he is, um, you know, uh, putting himself in a position to, to put the team first and then focus on uh, being the best leader he can be. Um, so that's, that, that was our focus, you know. Um, we approach the conversations and with the, the uh, you know the, a different attitude, um, a different I guess a different approach than some people would. Hey, put the client first. You know what's most important for Colt. Provide him with the the, the information that he needs to make a, a well-informed decision. Um, and at the end of the day, it's it's, it's Colt's decision, and we support him. Um, you know, it's not right. And I'm here to support Colt. Um, and I feel good about it. You know, we, we're, we're approaching this with a level of optimism. We're not second-guessing ourselves. Colts not second-guessing his uh, decision. Um, and, you know, Scott and I, uh, throughout the conversations, I think one phrase that we use, was used was shared risk. Um, we feel like, you know, both parties are, are sharing risk here, right? We hope that Colt goes out and he's a, an, an, a perennial all-star um, and he, you know, he'll, he helps his team win a lot of games. Um, if he does, I think, you know, he'll be happy. The Tigers will be happy. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a fair and equitable deal. We did our research. We did our homework. 
And um, we feel like this is fair and equitable for, for uh, both sides. So we're happy about it and we're excited. Question for Colt. Um, what was this like for you? Can you kind of walk us through when you first found out that this deal was on the table? Like this was an option for you. Where were you at? What were you doing? And kind of like what was your initial reaction? Yeah, I was, uh, I was visiting Ohio. I was visiting family for Christmas and I was out of my buddy's, uh, he's building a cabin and, and we found out. And it, man, it was just, it was just the thought of, you know, having a long-term extension with a big league club was just, um, it was just overwhelming joy. I just was glad that we were even having these talks. Um, you know, it really showed what, you know, Scott, Chris Illich, and, you know, baseball as a whole saw as me as a player. And, you know, as it went on, you know, it was, there was a bunch of emotions, but most of them were positive. I mean, it was just, you know, we're talking about this sort of money and this sort of, you know, time frame and, and this sort of future with this team, it was great. Scott, this one is first for you. Just, you talk about it being a little bit of a risk to sign Colt to this type of deal. What have you seen from him in the past year or so that has made you comfortable with that risk? Um, first of all, his, his talent and his performance speaks for themselves. Um, he has a combination of contact, power, and discipline that's hard to find for someone his age. However, we, we don't just give out these deals to every talented player that comes through. Um, we, are, we are looking for great teammates who have strong work ethics, who make themselves better and make the people around them better. We are looking for people who care about winning, who care about the Tigers winning, and who are competing as hard in the, in the gym and on the dirt in early work as they are in the, in the batter's box. That's what we saw in Colt. We get to see Colt every day. Um, we have some of our, our most trusted evaluators and coaches around him every day, and we saw that at every turn, when people were looking and when people weren't looking. Um, that really stuck out to me. I think another thing that stuck out to me was last year he uh, absolutely dominated AA, and he earned a promotion to AAA last summer. Um, I think any reasonable hitter would just take the same approach from AA to AAA and just expect it to work. In all of the at-bats that I watched, um, I noticed something that was really interesting with Colt last year in, in AAA. Um, AAA hitter or AAA pitcher started to attack him in very specific ways. Um, they started to try to exploit weaknesses in his in his swing and his, in his approach. Um, Colt recognized those patterns early, and he worked to not only close those holes but actually um, drive those pitches for damage. It's really hard to do, especially for someone his age. Um, you know, we talk a lot about making adjustments on that field, adjusting to the specific patterns that you're seeing from, from pitchers and closing those weaknesses, um, forcing pitchers out of those zones. He started to do that against competition that's a lot older than him uh, in AAA. Uh, and so that adjustability, that capacity to make adjustments to what he's seeing and continue to perform, that um, was one of the many reasons why we were confident in this extension. And Colt, congratulations. Can you just kind of speak to that too? How were you able to make those adjustments? What was your approach? Yeah, I think it's just instilled in me to uh, never give in, just constantly fight and find a way to make it happen and, and be successful. I think that's just been instilled to me uh, through my parents and just the way I, I was brought, brought up is just, just keep on trying to find a way and uh, you know, just, really loving to win and, and that drive and you know that combination of 
you know, being willing to put in as much work as it takes to be successful and, you know, combine all those and it just happened. It looks like you got to have some fun around the city of Detroit this week. What'd you yeah. think? Man, it was great. Uh, I, we saw the Fox Theater and I even said, besides Comerica Park, you know, that was my favorite thing. And uh, Little Caesar Arena was awesome. And, and, you know, we got the whole tour of that and we watched the Red Wings play. We got a dub there. Pistons played, we got a dub there on courtside. And, uh, you know, the Lions didn't win, but we got to see, you know, how many people just went to the, the stadium without even being a game there. You know, it just really shows, you know, how big of a sports town this is and, and really gets me pumped up for the season. And I'm excited to see what it's like here in Comerica Park. Yeah, the Red Wings and uh, Tig or Pistons might need to keep you around for a while if they keep winning like that. I'll be happy to do it, man. It was awesome. So, Colt, I know the last couple off-seasons you've had specific things you were working on. What was, did you do anything different this off-season to work on your game and getting better? Going into this year? Yep. Um, I, think, I think I really just worked on my swing mechanics and, and just keep getting stronger in my wrists and forearms. You know, I think that's where I believe for my body, that's where power comes from without me giving up my swing and miss. Um, you know, and keeping my head still and keeping my head back. and, and I'll say that this right here, Matt Paul is the only agent that hits with me, hits with you every single day. We're out there all the time, so you know, he can speak on my swing as well. But we've really just been working on keeping it short, compact, keeping my head still, and you know, being ready for 92 mile per hour sliders and uh, 103 mile per hour fastballs, and, and keeping that head there and being able to make adjustments and being able to hit, you know, not only doubles tall fields but also homers. You know, just getting strong as I can and be ready for you know, whatever comes this year. Yeah, question for Colt and for Matt. I mean, obviously you guys have a little bit of a different relationship, a special relationship, if you will. How much does that play into getting a deal like this done, the trust between the two of you? Can you walk us through when that started and what that's like, maybe how that factored into to this deal coming to fruition? Um, you know, I think our relationship, um, the closeness of our relationship um, and you know how much time that Cole and I spend together as he alluded to uh, we spend a great deal of time uh, together we live five minutes apart from each other um, you know I'd say you know 80% of the off season the last seven years or you know five years you've been in Pro Bowl now um, we're on the field four to five days a week right there's plenty of time for us to have conversations engage in conversation, we talk life, you know, it's bigger than baseball. You know, Coast become um, an extension, uh, Cole, Troy, Mary, and uh, now Kate, they've become uh, an extension of my own family, right? Um, trust, when, when you talk any type of deal, uh, you talk business or, you know, not, not just sports, um, you know, that's when I knew and how I knew um, there's certain times we can have conversations and I can just, you know, see a look on his face or, you know, just the body language. Um, you know, when I brought this, this to the idea to Colt, I knew uh, there was potential interest, right? Um, I think it was important for me to lay Clarence and myself to lay all the information out on the table, right? We challenged him. Um, we talked about the pros and the cons, the good and the bad. We looked at this thing once again from different angles. You know, the arbitration process. Uh, two sticking points for us was, hey, what you could potentially make through the arbitration process and what you're gonna potentially make through age 30 if you're a good player, an average player, a bad player, right? 
um, you know, we, we don't necessarily speak in hypothetical life. You know, it's real life, real money. It's a 22-year-old who hadn't had one, uh, as he, he said, one big league at bat, right? Um, it's not guesswork. We're not trying to guess. We're trying to give him the right information. Um, he trusts me. I trust him. I know how good he can be, I, and I've got a pretty good idea uh, how good he's going to be. Um, you know, so our relationship played a, a really big role, I think, in, in Colt's uh, trust in me. Um, you know, so I think um, us just having the time, because we're around each other so much, to really talk through this, right? It's not like we talk once a week over the phone. We're together all the time in person so we can have real-time conversation. Um, and I can really see how important things are to him, and he can see how, you know, how I feel about certain subjects and how important it is to me. Um, he wants to be a great baseball player. Um, you know, I'd say up until a month ago, we never talked about money. You know, our, our approach to off-season baseball life is we talk about it all the time and engage ourselves in the process, right? It's a process-driven sport. Um, life outside of sports, um, you know, and I've got to say, get 1% better every day. That's what we try to do, right? It just so happened that, you know, Cole put in the work, the time, we did a, a lot of this work together where he put himself in a position to, um, you know, uh, have this op an opportunity like this. And once in, to, I'd say to 99% of America, 1%, uh, he's a one percenter, right? An opportunity of a lifetime. Um, you know, present itself because of the work and the dedication he's put in. Um, you know, went from a fifth round pick um, in 2020 to today, uh, you know, to now. So I know how important this is to him. I've, I've been there uh, with him throughout this journey. I'll never forget, and I don't want to talk too much, but I'll never forget. And I, you know, and I, don't, I don't want to get too sentimental, but, you know, um, the 2020 draft was a, a special moment for us. We, we sat together, me, Cole, and his parents, it was just the four of us. Um, I knew how important it was for him to be a pro baseball player, right? Um, he wanted to be a pro, um, and he, he wasn't concerned with college. As you guys can see, he signed for 500 grand out of, out of high school. He could have gone to college and potentially been a, a top five pick, right? Um, but it was important for him. Uh, he's passionate about being a, a pro baseball player. Um, he wanted to be a big leader. He believed in himself. Um, there was a confidence. He had the ultimate uh, confidence in himself that he was going to be a big leader. He said, Matt, you give me, help me get drafted, I'm going to be a big leader. You know, I'll never forget him, him telling me that. We got him drafted. He, we got him so drafted, but, you know, we, we, we did our part. Um, and and he, he set out to, to be a big leaguer, and, 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 you know, I think today um, is, is a, you know, it symbolizes, um, uh, you know, his the ultimate goal of, you know, obviously this is a, a, a big step in the right direction. So, yeah, our relationship um, played a big part, um, just, you know, us knowing each other so well and just kind of, uh, you know, helping, I guess, get this deal done. So, if, uh, you know, hopefully that, that answers your, your question, Evan. Cole, as you were looking at both sides of, of the situation, did you look at deals that, um, you know, a player like Acuna, you know, cost himself some money? And if you're a player like that, you know, you'd be in that situation. As you were going back and forth, did that give you any pause or concern or even just um, what was your thought on that side of it? Yeah, I mean, we, like I said, we looked into uh, all the situations and 
you know, uh, Acuna may have cost himself some money, but, you know, also he's been hurt a lot. And, you know, say he didn't take that deal and he went through the arbitration process, you know, who knows? You know, anything could happen. Um, at the end of the day, he secured himself 100 and something, $220 million, um, you know, and, and, you know, he may have a chance to sign another contract. Um, that's the way I look at it. I look at it as as a positive thing. I'll be a free agent at 31. And, you know, with my work ethic and, you know, my dreams and aspirations, I want to be healthy enough and, you know, mobile enough and strong enough to be able to sign another long-term deal and, you know, convince hopefully the Tigers to, um, you know, extend me again. Um, you know, and there's also negatives to it. You know, potentially I go out and, you know, be you know, outplay the contract. And in my eyes, I see that as a positive because the Tigers are going to be winning more games. You know, at the end of the day, I got my fan financial security with the ability to sign another contract down the road. And the Tigers, you know, aren't, aren't um, they still have money to sign other players and we're still going to be in the competing of winning, in, you know, playoff games, World Series down the road. And that's just what I want to be a part of. Um, I just want to interject one one thing, um, which is a less obvious but important part of this deal. Uh, for some players, sometimes um, limiting distractions can help you become a better player. I, I've seen it before in my career. Um, it wasn't an explicit part of the negotiation, but Colt earned the right to settle the business elements of being a professional baseball player very early in his career, and now he can pivot and focus on being the best player he can possibly be on the field, getting the most out of his teammates and helping the Tigers win games. Um, that's a really important part. Like there, that from his point of view, like he chose to, to sign, lock up, you know, life-changing money for himself and now um, be hyper-focused on being the best player he can possibly be with an opportunity later in his career. Um, very few players get earn that right to even make the choice and, and he earned the right and now he has the opportunity to go help us win games. Yeah, question for Scott. Um, is Cole your opening day uh, second baseman now? Um, this, this contract is a lot of things. You know, it demonstrates our belief in Cole. It changes his paycheck. It gives him the recognition that he deserves. Uh, it doesn't fundamentally change his development timeline. Cole has to show up to, to Lakeland and he has to earn uh, a spot on open day roster. He, he knows that. Hopefully by investing in him and giving him this contract, we are showing that we expect him to make a very compelling case in spring training to be our uh, opening day starter at second base. Um, but he has to earn it just like every other player that, that's coming into Lakeland. And then can you give us a, a reason for moving him back to second base and kind of what went into that? Yeah, um, we think Cole can play second and third, um, first of all. Uh, second of all, we think that um, he has a chance to be an average or better defensive second baseman. He's put in a lot of work over the last calendar year, especially this offseason, and he's been around some of our best infield guys that we have in, in the whole organization, including, you know, a guy that's on the brick wall back there in Tram, as well as Joey Cora, who's our, our new major league um, infield guy. 
we think the way his body works, we think all the work that he put in on his agility and his flexibility is going to give him an opportunity um, to make a lot of plays at, at second base for us. We also think that it's going to save a little bit of the load on his arm and allow him to play the position um, really well and help us win games. So we're not closing the door on third base at all. I think you know he's going to take some ground balls in Lakeland at, at third base. I think the primary focus for us this year, given the makeup of our team, is going to be at second base. Uh, off that, a question for Matt. When you were looking at the market and, and doing your research to present information to Colt, did you uh, take his, keep his positional versatility in mind? Did you have to treat him primarily as a second baseman, or did that factor in at all? Yeah, we looked at different <clears throat> styles of players, right, uh, in different positions. We, you know, Obviously, we had to do our homework and try to project, uh, use our, our uh, evaluation skills. I scouted for almost 10 years. Um, so I've seen, you know, tons of players. I grew up with a major league player, my brother, Xavier. So been around, been around a ton of, ton of players. Clarence has scouted for over 20 years, right? So we've got a great deal of experience looking at players, evaluating players. So we did use our, our experience, uh, you know, scouting, evaluating. And once again, I'm, I'm around Cota all the time, you know, four days a week on the field, right? So we, we look at him now. He's a big, strong, physical kid, right? He, he may, and we, Cole and I have these discussions all the time, right? You may play second base today. You may play third tomorrow um, at age 30, 31. You could be a second baseman. You could be third baseman. You could be a first baseman. So there was a lot of different factors and angles we had to uh, attack, um, you know, in these conversations. So, yeah, we looked at different player profiles. Um, and looked at the, the career earnings of different players, different styles of players, different positions. Um, we don't know what he's going to be 10 years from now defensively, but I know he's going to be a, a darn good hitter. Right, um, he's going to hit for. Yeah, as Scott said, we, I believe I'm confident he's going to hit for a lot of average, a high average, and a lot of power. Um, so, we, yeah, that that was a, um, a in a way a very important factor in how we approach these conversations, looking at different styles of players, for sure. Cole, can you just talk a little bit about um, your thoughts about playing for AJ Hinge? Let's say you make the opening day roster. Just some of the things that you think about, having heard about him, having obviously interacted with him in the last couple of years. He obviously thinks the world of you. He mentioned you a couple of times during the summer last year. He's very excited about you coming up. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, I, you know, I grew up watching him on TV. Um, you know, with, with the Astros. And, and, you know, one thing I know about AJ is that he's a winner. You know, and he's going to put us in a great position to win every single day, day in and day out. So, you know, I'm really excited to play for him. I know he's got a, a great boatload of knowledge and, you know, I'm excited just to pick his brain and, you know, play for a manager like that with, with such big accolades and, and you know, hopefully uh, carry it on to Detroit and, and win some games. Um, we'll do a couple of photos on the stage now. Appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you, everyone. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.